0: Thank you for being with us today. We would love to have you join us in person. To partner with us or to give online, go to www.UpperRoomOhio.com. We hope you enjoy this message. Uh, Good morning. Good morning. Do you ever feel like I need one more arm? That's what I feel. Anyways, or like the T-Rex, like, I don't know. Anyways, that was really supposed to be funny. Okay, all right, so good morning. I'm so excited to share with you guys. This has been like, oh, so exciting. Um, so in the first service, um, we kind of um, leaned into this journey thing, and for the worship, and I was like, oh man, this is like so where this is going. Um, and so today, <laughs> God's gonna talk to us, through me, about journeys. Oh, so good, so, so, so good. Um, Jesus calls us into a journey with him. Um, I, I put some, some notes down on my paper that Jesus is calling us to have joy in the journey wisdom in the waiting. Like as we were up here and we were singing it in the waiting, in the waiting, in the waiting. God's like, you are getting wisdom in your waiting. Oh my goodness. That's so good. And peace in the process, peace in the process of what we're going through. So today I am going to tell you about my journey okay so that's where we're going today so if you are guys are note takers you say okay we're going on Angie's journey and you might just see yourself in my journey as well so um, one of my really good friends has a daughter who's an amazing writer and she posted um, a little blog post and she entitled it journeys and as I was preparing for the sermon this is a little bit of a lengthy And I don't normally like to read to you guys, but I want you to just really listen to this. Like, as I read this, I thought, oh, this is the journey. This is what God calls us on. So she entitled it Journeys. If there is one thing I have learned in life is that it is made up of many journeys, not just one. There are journeys you choose to take. There are journeys you inadvertently take as unintended consequences. And then there are journeys that you are forced to take against your will. Some of the journeys are mutually exclusive, which means by taking one another is completely eliminated from your future possibilities. Some of them overlap and they become intertwined, but all of them are unique. We all have a unique journey and each of them, they have their own landscape, their own challenges, their own peaks, their own valleys. And all of them, I am convinced, have have beauty if you look hard enough. Oh, that song wrecked me. Sometimes the beauty is hard to see. Sometimes it's not immediately evident. Sometimes the journey is so overwhelming that you just have to sit down and you have to take a break. But at that moment in time, it just, it just seems too hard. But the most important thing though is to always get back up and keep walking. Because if you sit there, the scenery will never change. So it seems to me the only thing worse Than being in a less desirable place is being there indefinitely. So, I want to talk to you about journeys today, okay? So, I want to talk to you a little bit about my journey. And there's been two things in my journey that I have contended for, I have fought for, I have spent time and prayer and this intimate, private time. And I loved what Micah shared a couple weeks ago about your private time, because your private time, that is where this stuff is cultivated. I mean, it is birthed and it is cultivated. And so the thing I want to talk to you today today about is freedom and contentment. So if you guys don't want freedom and you don't want contentment, then you can shut your ears. But if freedom and contentment are things that you're fighting and contending for, this message is for you. Um, Let's see. uh, Galatians 5.1 says it is for freedom that Jesus came to set us free. He came that we would have freedom. Um, and not just like freedom from sin. Like when I was 20 years old, I mean, I ran after Jesus. I gave my life. I'm like, I am pursuing him. You have my heart, but I'm talking about deep down freedom. Like Freedom from like the have-tos, freedom from the shoulds, freedom from the comparison, freedom from like, um, you know, freedom from like, I have to have it all together, freedom from performance, freedom from pressure. That's what I want. I mean, that's my deep down desire. And contentment. Um, Paul talks about contentment in Philippians 4. 11, okay, I am not saying this because I am in need, for I have learned, underline bold, highlighted, italicized, learned to be content, no matter what the circumstance. I know what it is like to be in need, and I know what it's like to be in plenty. I have learned the secret, secret, underline bold, italicized. Of being content in any and every circumstance, whether well-fed or hungry, whether living in plenty or in want. I can do all of this through him who gives me strength. So, two things we're talking about, freedom, contentment. So, um, the two things I really want you guys to see from that scripture, which I gave you a clue. This is like open book test, you know. So, the two things are, it is learned okay so i have a son who is learning how to drive and he's doing amazing oh he's just doing amazing i'm a little nervous but he's still doing amazing so as he is learning how to drive what's the very first thing you do you go into a class and you sit there right and you learn all the rules all this you know this sign means this and then what happens you go behind the wheel and you experience what it's like to drive so like if he just sat in the classroom and opened his books. Oh yeah, that's what that sign means. Oh, I'm at a four-way stop, da-da-da-da-da. But learning has been behind the wheel. Oh, that's what it feels like. Oh, that's what the gas pedal feels like. Oh, that's what happens when I take a turn 35 miles an hour. Oh, this is how much braking time I need. Like, he is learning how to drive. We have to learn, experience, go through this, learn how to be content. And the second thing is, a secret. There's a secret to this. And I think it's a secret because God wants you to search for it. He wants you to search it out. Like he's just not going to like spread the table out because he wants you to search and grow and learn and contend and fight. So anyways, contentment learned Secret. We're going to kind of get into that. Bill Johnson says, "Ooh, sorry. Bill Johnson says, contentment is not the absence of desire for more. It is the unwillingness to allow lack to define your joy or your identity. So in contentment, you say, I am not going to let this thing that I am missing in my life define my joy or who I am. Okay, so I'm going to give you four tools today. You're going to get four weapons. This is a practical sermon. I am a, I love it. I am such a practical person. Like my husband and I, we were listening to um, a speaker recently and, um, you know, and he raises his hand, like we're in, and kind of a, a, like a leader luncheon thing and he raises his hand and he's like, how does that look practically in my life? And I'm like. Oh I love that. I love that about my husband because he's so practical. I'm so practical. He's so practical. God was a genius to put us together. But so I want to give you four practical tools today that you guys can take with you in your tool belt. And that you actually can go into these circumstances, and when you're fighting and contending, you have four tools. You have four weapons. Um, In Scripture, it talks about the weapons that we have. Our weapons are not carnal. Like, the weapons God gives us, they're not, like, guns and that kind of thing. I mean, God does things differently. Like, he sends, like, the praise, he sends the worship team out front in a battle. Who does that? You know, like, oh, let's send our worshipers out front. So God, like the weapons God gives us are not what the world thinks. The weapons are what God gives us. So weapons he's going to give us today. Um, And also, in the Old Testament, there's so much battle talk and war talk. And as I was, like, really, like, leaning into, like, understanding, going deeper in God, I'm like, why is there so much battle? battle language in the Old Testament. Like, why is everything a war? Why is it always fighting? Why is everyone killing? Ah, this is so bloody. I want to live in peace and harmony and joy. And I felt like God was saying, it's a battle because they, they fought a, a physical battle for their promised land out of slavery. And God was showing us that to get into our promised land out of our slavery— Sometimes there is a battle. Like you have to learn how to fight. And so God gives us weapons. Um, he, t- he tells us in um, 2 Corinthians 10.4 that our weapons aren't carnal. That we are to take every thought captive. We have these thoughts come into our mind that aren't our thoughts. And we have to take them captive. I mean we literally like we take them We cap, you know, they are, they are our prisoners and we kick them out. Like God tells us we are to take those thoughts captive. Um, And he also says to guard our heart, like put a guard around our heart and protect those things. So I'm going to give you four tools I told you, and they are going to tie very closely to the word help. I like to be practical. I want to give you guys some practical tools, so I am going to give you some help today to take with you. Okay, so help. First one, H. H stands for hope. That is the message of this house. I tell you, I love this place because every single week I go home and I have hope. There's so much hope here. Um, We talk about hope so much. And the reason why is hope deferred makes a heart sick. So when, we, when those things in our heart, they don't come to pass, we get this like, ha." Oh, oh. but I'll tell you what, when a hope is fulfilled, when a dream is fulfilled, when we have these things in our lives that actually get fulfilled, they are a tree of life. They're a tree of life. And, and a tree of life, what does a tree do? A tree, I love that Jesus gives images because I'm an imagery person i love to be able to see an image because I can look at an image and I can say, oh, I can see a tree. What does a tree do? A tree has deep roots. It goes very deep. A tree is not easily moved. It doesn't sway really easily. A tree provides protection from sun and rain. And a tree bears fruit. And what is the fruit? What is the fruit of the spirit? Love. Joy. Peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Like this tree of life in us, it provides nourishment. And I'll tell you, who who needs nourishment? Ourselves and other people. Other people will pick your fruit. They will pick your fruit and they are nourished by your life, by the hope that you have. We are such a hope-filled people that people come up to us and they're like, oh, I need the fruit of your life. Um, When we were at Hope Over Heroin, um, we were sitting right next to a pear tree and my, and especially Kara, she loved it. She went up and she started picking the pears off the pear tree. And, um, she didn't ask that pear tree, Hey, can I go pick your pears? She just went up and picked. And sometimes that's how it is in, in your life that people come and eat your fruit, the fruit of your life, the fruit of hope in your life. Um, so Steve Backlund, love Steve Backlund. If you guys don't know him, I really I strongly encourage you to get in contact with some of his stuff, but he talks about hope and he says, if we have glistening hope in our life in an area, that's truth. And if we don't have glistening hope in an area, we may be believing a lie. Ooh, I didn't have glistening hope in a couple of areas of my life, oh, that's very exposing. Like oh my goodness, there was lies that I was believing. So Steve also talks about some of the ways to combat these lies. And so um, a couple ways to combat these lies are to speak life. We have so much power in our words. We are made in God's image, right? And how did God create? He spoke the world into existence. He said, let there be light. Proverbs 18.21 says, death and life are in the power of the tongue. And those who love it and indulge it, will eat its fruit, and bear the consequences of their words. We speak life, and that creates. Um, the second thing, which I am huge on, the second thing under hope, is we must have to, must have to, yes, I love it, a cult, we have to cultivate an attitude of gratitude. Thankfulness. Thankfulness is so huge. Thankfulness thankfulness exposes this thing in us that is just like like grateful. Like, I love you, Jesus. I'm so thankful. Um, It is such a powerful weapon in your tool belt. Um, Bill Johnson in the book Strengthen Yourself in the Lord says, When we practice thankfulness as a lifestyle, we are postured to respond in difficulty. Difficulty has a way of exposing the degree to which our lives and our minds have been truly transformed by a heavenly perspective for certain responses to be habitual. The things we practice as a lifestyle equip us for difficulty. Boy, that's a lot of big words and sometimes I'm like, just break that down for me. Tell me what that means in English. But what he's saying is... When you, every single day, I'm so thankful that I have such a good husband. I'm so thankful I have kids. I am so thankful that I have a car that runs. I'm so thankful for air conditioning. I'm so thankful for heat. I'm so thankful. It Like when you practice this daily, all of a sudden this difficult thing comes up. And you're postured. Your mind is changed. You're postured for... for um, Let's see, your posture, what does he say? He said, you're postured to respond in difficulty. So I encourage you, practice, practice, practice that. That's a muscle. Like, man, I'll tell you, that thankfulness muscle. I have practiced that, and believe me, phew, it is not always easy. But man, it has grown, it has grown. Um, And even, like, not even in church, but, like, numerous studies have said, Grateful people have higher levels of happiness and lower levels of stress and depression. Like regular old people, like regular people who do not even reading the Bible and coming to church and all this stuff, like like when you practice thankfulness as a lifestyle, you're healthier. Like even in this study, and there's a lot of big words, I'll run through them real quick, but there's measurable effects, like doctor-measurable medical effects on your body and brain systems, your mood neurotransmitters, reproductive hormones, social bonding hormones, cognitive and pleasure-related neurotransmitters, inflammatory and immune systems, stress levels. Thank you, Jesus. Because um, sometimes that's my struggle. Cardiac and EE, EEG rhythms, blood pressure, and blood sugar. So I'll tell you why. If you have any medical things, start getting a perspective of thankfulness. Um, And remember how we talked about the secret, Paul talking about the secret. I have learned to be content. I think maybe part of that secret is a thankful heart. Thankful heart. And thankfulness, what else does thankfulness do? Thankfulness brings healing. Remember, I don't know if you guys know the story, the 10 lepers, Jesus healed 10 lepers. They all ran away. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. You're amazing. And one of them, one guy came back and said, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And that guy, he didn't just get healed from leprosy. He got mind, body, soul, everything healed. Thankfulness paved the way. And the last thing about thankfulness and I spent a long time because this is a big one for me. Philippians 4, 6. Do not be anxious or worried about anything, but in everything, by prayer and and petition with thankfulness, continue to make your requests known to God. Wait, did that scripture just say when you pray, you're supposed to pray with thanksgiving? How the heck do you pray with thanksgiving? Like, that seems so counterintuitive. Like, oh, thank you, Jesus, my car is broken down. Oh, wait, that doesn't make sense. But I think what he's saying is you pray with thanksgiving because you say, thank you, Jesus, that though my car is broken down, you have a way of fixing this. You have a path. Thank you, Jesus, that you are going to find a way to make this work for your good. Thank you, Jesus, that there's a solution. Thank you, Jesus, that you take care of me. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Um, and going back into hope, hope always says there's a solution. Hope always does. Hope always steps in and says there is a solution. And um, it re- it, hope relieves our mind of the pressure of having to know the answer. Like hope just, it relieves our mind of the pressure of having to have the answer. And we can let go of uncertainty because we know hope says that all things work for good for those who love God. Romans eight twenty eight. I don't know if Caleb can get that for me. Romans eight twenty eight says, and we know with great confidence that God causes all things. Wait, all things? Really? No, 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 no. Not all things. No, no, not that thing. No, 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 not that thing. But he says all things to work for good. Like, how does that work? I don't understand that. But God is so good at taking the things of our life, the things that we don't think he can work for our good. He is so good about taking them and weaving them and making them come to our good. He's so good at that. Remember the story of Joseph. Okay, Joseph, he had these brothers, and the brothers were so like, oh my goodness, Joseph, he's the kid, and he's having these dreams, and we're gonna bow down to him. Da, 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 da. So these brothers take Joseph and throw him in a pit. And they, you know, and then they bring this robe back to him and say, Oh, the goats or whoever ate him, blah, 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 blah. And Joseph goes through this whole big story of his life, and all these things happen, and somehow, my God, your God, weaves this all for good. It's amazing how he does this. It's amazing. Um, And I think one way God God does this is because Jesus purchased our past. Like, your past doesn't belong to you anymore. He has purchased your past. And because Jesus purchased it, he paid a huge price. Huge price. His blood purchased your redemption. He purchased you. And because he purchased you, he purchased your past. Past. He can now weave those things into his good because he owns it. You don't. You don't own it any longer. Um, one, story, one story I want to share with you under hope. Um, so I had a friend who's a gardener, and like I said, I'm very much into imagery. And um, so she um, she planted some beans, da, 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 and we were chatting, da, da. and she's like, "Oh, I didn't get out to pick my beans in time." Da, da, da. And I'm like, "Oh, bummer." You know, I'm like, "I hate to see food waste," so I'm like, "Oh, bummer, you didn't get your beans in time." She's like, "Oh, no big deal. I'm just gonna take those beans and I'm gonna set them out in the sun. They're gonna get really good and dry, and then I'm gonna plant them again next summer." And I was like, "Wow, isn't that a picture of God?" Like, oh my goodness, these dreams, these things, these seeds in our life that we feel like are dead and dry, God takes them and he can replant them. And you know where he plants them? Sue Justice will say it. In crap. In fertilizer. It's crap. He plants your seeds in crap. Anyway, sorry. I did say crap. Sorry. Okay. Anyways. Okay. So anyways, that was a long tool. That's my hope tool. I promise the rest of them will not be that long. Okay. So we have help. We have tools. Help. First one, hope. The second one, E, expectation. Expectation. Oh, I love. It. I'm so thankful for Aaron and Nicole. Oh, so thankful for them. And the way that they have poured into dreaming and expectation. Um, um, the scripture, Ephesians 3.20. Now to God who is able to do immeasurably, super abundantly more than we can dare ask or think. According to his power that is at work within us. So I think you guys know the story, when Josh and I came here, we were like really dried up seeds, okay? We were really dried up seeds. And um, there was a part of me that took all these dried up dreams and I kind of put them in this little box. And I'm like, oh, I'll just kind of put these little dried up dreams in this box. And of course I didn't know that I was doing that, but subconsciously I was. And, um, and, you know, and then something ever just, you know, I just didn't have, like, extreme joy, you know, all that kind of, all that kind of thing. Um, and I heard a speaker by the name of Brene Brown, and she, oh, my goodness she has some great stuff. But she, one day, I was just listening to her, and she's like, you know, you can't selectively numb emotions. And I'm like, huh, what? What? You can't just take this thing and say, I'm going to lock this away in this cabinet. I'm going to lock it away. I don't want to deal with disappointment. I don't want to deal with frustration. I don't want to deal with dead dreams. You can't just do that without locking away all of your emotions. So I was like, wow, I got some work to do, Jesus, because I have some locked away emotions. And so um, very graciously, God has helped me. Unlock that little treasure chest of emotions. And boy, everything kind of comes out, you know, right? So like when you start to dream again, you start to hope again. What about all these other things that come out too? Like disappointment and forgiveness and mourning and sadness and all these things. But you know what's so cool about God? I just, This is so cool about God. He is the divine exchanger. Like, he's like, hey, you have some ashes? Bring those ashes to me, and I'll give you gladness. Hey, you have some mourning? Bring him to me, and I'll, well, okay, ashes actually gives us a garment, a garland of praise. And mourning, he gives us gladness. Like, he always trades up. It doesn't make sense to me. Like, I'm so mathematical, I'm like, this leads to this. But he always trades up, it's so good. So he's like, bring those things to me that you feel like in your belly, like all these sadness and mourning and these ashes. And let me show you how I can bring beauty again from these ashes. Um, uh, and I'll tell you what, that's freedom. Whew, when you can come to him and you can say, oh, uh, anyways, okay, so we have hope. We have expectation, we have love. Who got wrecked this morning by love? I'll tell you what, you want freedom, you get love in your belly, I mean deep, deep in your belly. Um, I remember when we had our kids and you know, Caleb and then you know, and when you have these kids and you bring them home and they just lay there and they poop and they cry, but man, wow, the love that grows out of you and bursts out of you. And I remember, I remember telling Josh, I understand God. I understand a peace of God. I understand a piece of God. Like, oh, like he loves us. Like I loved that. I'm an imperfect person. And look at how much I love Caleb and Grace and Kara. And as much as I love them. Like he loves me even more. And these kids, they just came home and pooped and peed and all this stuff. But man, I was like, I get it. I get it. They don't have to do anything. They don't have to perform. They don't have to do anything. They're so loved. Oh, oh my goodness gracious. And I'm so appreciative that the message of this house is you are loved. Simply because you are you, you are loved. Um, I didn't show this in first service, but, um, when Jesus was baptized, do you remember he went down in the water, you know, heaven's open up, you know, this is my son who I love, who, with whom I am well pleased. And, um, I was like, I know Jesus is a words of affirmation, love person, because when I hear I am well pleased, like something in my soul, like jumps, like the Lord has really told me, like, I love you. And I am pleased, pleased with you. And there's something like, I know I'm a words of affirmation person. And what does love do? What does love do? Love gets down, love serves, love puts on a towel, love washes feet, love dies to itself. Um, Ephesians 5.25, it's talking about husbands and wives, but I want to really kind of lean into this. Husbands, love your wives. Seek the good for her and surround her with a, oh, I'm getting messed up, <laughs> with a caring and unselfish love. Just as Christ also loved the church and gave himself up for her. Okay, pull yourself together. Okay. So I want to tell you about my husband, my amazing husband, love him to pieces. He is phenomenal. So when we were getting married, this man who was broke in grad school, we were both broke, had no money whatsoever, broke beyond belief. Okay. So he had some things from his childhood and I'll tell you what, whenever you hear Josh and he talks about his childhood, he had such a good childhood. He talks about, oh, I love playing with my GI Joes. I love playing with my baseball cards. You know, and this is so funny. He used to do baseball statistics out of his baseball cards, and I love that. Like, the math in me is like, I know he's made for me. Um, But anyways, so he had all these things he collected. Star Wars, G.I. Joes, baseball cards, okay? So when we got married, I feel like Aaron. I'm like, pull yourself together. You can do this. He sold everything to buy my ring. Everything. Everything. This didn't mess me up as much a service. I got through it much better, didn't I, Grace? But he sold everything for me, for my ring, to get married. That is exactly the message for us. He sold everything. Sold everything. So, OK, you can do this. You can wrap this up, Angie. You can do it. OK, so what about loving ourselves? I, am, I, I think I'm a pretty good um, person that loves well. I'm, I'm an encourager. I think I love my kids well. I think I love my husband well. Sometimes I don't always love myself well. I just don't. And I think sometimes in my brain, like the things that run through my brain sometimes, if anyone said those to my kids, I would be so mad at them. But yet it goes through my head. So we need to learn to love ourselves really well. Really, really, really well. Okay. Okay, so we have hope. We have expectation. We have love. And the fourth one, fourth tool, patience. Oh, patience. Oh. James 1:2, 2 to 4. Um, no, do we have James 1, 2 to 4? Do we have it? Do we have it? Okay. Consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kinds. Because you know that the testing of your faith produces per- perseverance. Let perseverance... And you know what? The version I have, I probably should have said, it's patience. I'm going to read mine. Sorry, Caleb. You did amazing. I did not. So, Okay, so my version says let patience have its perfect work so that you may be perfect and complete, lacking nothing. I know you guys have all been to weddings. First Corinthians 13, they always read, love is patient. Love is so patient. Oh my goodness. I don't know if you guys ever struggle with this, but like, Sometimes I'm like, oh, God, why haven't I gotten there? Why haven't I gotten this? Oh, my goodness, I'm going around this mountain again. Oh, my goodness. da, 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 da. Uh, You know what Jesus says? I'm patient. I wait for you. Like, you don't need to worry. Like, I'm waiting. I'm patiently, lovingly. I'm just having a hard time getting through this. I am patiently, lovingly waiting for you as you grow up and mature. He's so patient. He's he's so patient with us. So patient with us. And and, and he wants these perfect vessels. But I'll tell you what, when we learn patience for ourselves, mm, it's so good. So, and I want to share one other story that I didn't share in first service. Um, So, um, okay, so my little Kara, I love her to pieces, love all my kids, amazingly. they're just amazing, like they're gifts to me. But so Kara, one time when she was probably, I don't know, three or four, so she got into pancake syrup when I was in the shower one day. Okay. Oh my goodness. Pancake syrup. Okay. So um, I was in the shower five minutes. I mean, I learned to take like four minute showers, you know, because when you have kids, you just, you know, like you just never know what you're going to come out to. So one day I was getting out of the shower and she comes to me and her hands are dripping with like sticky. I'm like, what is this? Oh my goodness. What happened? And as I investigate closer, it's pancake syrup all over her hands, all over her hands. And, um, and I'm going to get wrecked again now. I'm trying really hard to wrap this up. Um, but as she's coming to me, and she's like, mommy, I can't get this off. Help me clean this up. The Lord spoke to me, like, so clearly that day and said, when you have messes, I want you to come to me to get cleaned up. Like, come to me. Run to me. Like, I am your safe place. Come to me. Oh. Oh. Okay. Um, so, and the other thing with patience, if you struggle with performance or have to, or I have to be perfect, your antidote is patience. That is the cure. Like if, if you, like it's almost like you need a shot, like a shot of patience, because I'll tell you what, when you're patient with yourself, like you don't have to be Perfect. You don't, you don't, you don't. Oh, anyways. Okay, I have one other Kara story. Okay. And then um, if the band wants to come up here soon, we'll kind of start wrapping this up. So I have another Kara story. Okay, so uh, it's probably been six or nine months ago. Um, Josh and I were in the house, and the kids were getting, the Kara was in the bathroom, and she was in there a while, you know, and we kind of smelled some nail polish remover, and we're like, huh, I wonder what's going on. Huh, she's been there a little long. Huh. What's going on? And then finally, we're like, and we go in to open the door, and there was smeared nail polish everywhere. Everywhere. And it was like, a, I'm really trying really hard to clean this up type. Oh my goodness, you know. Da, 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 da. And I felt something in me rise up. My <laughs> bathroom floor is a mess. You know, and I, I mean, I literally felt the boiling water and it was boiling and it was boiling and it was, and I was getting ready to let the nail polish. How are we going to get this off? I mean, I felt it in my spirit. I mean, I just felt it. And then my husband comes in. So goodness gracious, Josh, this is like an amazing message for you. But so my husband comes in so peaceful. So patient. Oh, Kara, what happened? What happened, Kara? You have a mess to clean up. I mean, just like that. No anger, no yelling, no frustration, none. And I tell you, I felt a light bulb. You know how sometimes you like have the, I felt a light bulb go off on my head, like, just like this. And God's like, you have a choice. Every single time, you always have a choice. You don't have to, like, you don't have to go blah. And I literally, like, had to talk myself down. And I said, you have a choice. You have a choice. You have a choice. You have a choice. And I just felt peace and calmness come over me. And I'm like, it's not worth it. It's not worth getting angry at her. It's not worth it. Gosh, I wasn't this emotional for service, I promise. But anyways, it's not worth it. It wasn't worth it for me to get angry and yell and get frustrated. It wasn't worth it, I'll tell you. I did good that day, I did. And I knew that patience was growing. I mean, that seed of patience is just growing, growing, growing. Um, so anyways, okay, let's see what else we got to say. Um, and I'll tell you what, peace, patience is so closely tied with peace, I mean, it's so closely tied with our peace. I'll tell you what like when we're in a place of patience we're just peaceful like it's just like it's this fruit it's like I am patient and it's just peace and rest and I'll tell you what when I'm peaceful and I'm restful I'm so much more patient like learn to love yourselves well like take time like for me like I love to go out in nature some people are like like you know, they want to do certain things, but I'll tell you, peace is nature to me, and I'm like, I go there, and I just feel peace and calm, and some, it's like, oh, I just feel, like, patience and calmness and peace, um, okay, so anyways, blah, 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 I think that's about all, and I'm going to throw this in, I had, I didn't share this in first service, but um, I feel like I really need to share it, um, patience also kicks out comparison, Like, patience says, you know what? You're free to be you. Like, you're free. Like, you're free to be you. You have freedom to be you. You don't have to be anybody else. You're free to be you. God made you to be you. So, I made it through. I didn't know if I was going to make it through. That was a little more challenging. So, anyways, okay, well, I... I want to pray for you all, so sorry if I shed a tear or two, that's kind of what I do, but <laughs> anyways, so can you guys put your hands on your heart, I really want to pray for you, so anyways, oh Jesus, help us, help us, help us, <laughs> Oh help us. Jesus, I ask that you take those seeds right now of hope and you water those seeds of hope. That those places in our life, God, where you're like, I have no idea how God's going to work this one for his good. Like, how is he going to be a genius to work this one for his good? I feel like Joseph. I feel like I'm in a prison. I feel like I'm in a time of just like in a pit. I feel like I am not in my homeland. Like, Jesus, how the heck are you going to work this for your good? Like, I just pray for those seeds of hope to get watered. Just watered, 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 just watered. And, um, and expectation, God, I just, um, God, I ask, that you just birth expectation, birth it. Like any dead dreams, anything that has been locked away, those dead dreams, those things where you're like, it's just this chest of emotions of disappointment, frustration, dead dreams, like all these things that, that Jesus, you just help us open that up and expect again, dream again, expectancy. We know you're gonna do something good. We know it and love. Cut us to the core in your love, like like deep in us, like cut us so deeply that, that we know it, we walk in it. Like that it is our breath, like, oh man, like let us know like that there's nothing, there's no wall you won't kick down. There's nothing, nothing, not one thing will separate us from your love. Nothing, not one thing, not a thing. Sorry, I just sniffled. And, um, and patience, <laughs> you're so patient. You're so, you're so patient as you just lovingly, lovingly, lovingly walk with us. So lovingly walk with us as we grow and we learn and mature and we have messes and we stumble and that sort of thing. You so patiently walk with us on this journey. So patiently. So thank you, Jesus. And I bathe it all in thankfulness. (laughs) Thankful, thankful, thankful. So thankful. Just so thankful. Your goodness is truly, I mean, taste and see the Lord is good. Like, you are so good. And we are so thankful. So thankful. Thank you, thank you, thank you. So, God, I just pray as those people leave, that that as they walk through their week, (laughs) that they know their help comes from you. Where does my help come from? My help comes from you. I get hope, expectation, love, and patience from you, Jesus. (laughs) Amen. Amen.